name is Austin Jenkins, and I'm partnered here with Kale today. We want to thank you for listening to our show today. Today, you are listening to BA Podcast, where today we'll be talking about the evolution of basketball and who changed it and the whole storyline of basketball. Today, we have a great show for you today. We will be talking about these things, the origin of basketball and how and why it changed. But not only that, we will also be talking about how and who it changed and how it went from no dribbling and shooting to one of the main parts to being the game, to being the three-pointer. The beginning. Basketball was created in 1891 inside a gym at Springfield College where a group of restless students stayed bored inside. Their instructor, James Naismith, needed to create a game to keep the young men entertained while football and lacrosse were in its off-season. He wanted to create a game with American rugby passing, English's rugby tip, lacrosse-type goal, and a soccer ball-shaped ball. The game was based on a game he had played as a child where the hoop was in the air so it had to be tossed into and not thrown into. He went to the school janitor to get two peach crates to make goals. These were then nailed to rafters where a guy was stationed to where a guy was stationed to pick up the ball from the basket and put it back into play. He then put, he then developed all the rules and positions and what determines a foul. Then the game of basketball was born. Basketball was hit within the college gym. James decided that he wanted to share this game with the world and wrote a book about the rules of basketball. This book then spread, and so did basketball. Basketball blew up and spread like wildfire. Soon, school children and adults were playing basketball everywhere. Starting with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, or also known as the Black Mamba, was born on August 23, 1978 in Philadelphia. He was a former Laker that had the mindset like no other and changed the game. He won three NBA championships with the Lakers and was a former teammate with the legendary Shaquille O'Neal. Sadly, Kobe passed away on January 26, 2020 in a tragic helicopter crash. Next up, we have Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn, New York and was born on February 17, 1963. He was cut from his high school basketball team and made it to the NBA. He went on to win six championships and is now known as the GOAT of basketball. He was, he was from the College of North Carolina and was the second pick in the 1984 draft behind Akeem Olajuwon. He also went on to win six championships with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. Sadly, after the sixth championship, the team had to break up and Michael Jordan went to go play with the Wizards and he was still able to score 50, 40 points per game. And next up, Wilt Chamberlain, a boy boy born in Philadelphia, born on August 21st, 1936, and now known as the man who scored 100 points in a game. He also had 50 rebounds and was one of the best. One of his biggest contenders was Bill Russell. They would go go at it back in the day. He went to college in Kansas and was the 218th selection in 1959's draft. He was drafted by the Golden State Warriors and then traded to the Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers, where he scored 100 points in the game. He was then traded to the Lakers to finish out his career. Next up, we have Steph Curry. 
Steph Curry was born in Akron, Ohio and born on March 14, 1988. Steph Curry is the best three-point shooter in NBA history and he was the reason why three-point three shooting is popular. And still, to this day, no one has been as good at shooting as he has been. In the year 2021, Steph Curry had a 62-point game against his biggest three-point competitor, Damian Lewis. This was also one of his first NBA games back from being injured, and he was also able to create a super team of Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, Clay Thompson, and himself, Steph Curry. This team went on to win two championships. Okay, Mr. Anderson, uh, what has changed about basketball in the past 30 years? Well, it's a great question. First and foremost, I think the pace of the game, I still, I, it's, it's picked up in the sense that, well, I'll back up. First and foremost, the three-point shot has dramatically changed. I mean, I give that to Steph Curry and the Warriors. Since that, there's an infatuation with the three. The amount of threes statistically, I mean, if you compared that to 30 years ago, I mean, it's not even close. Um, that has totally changed the game. I think in terms of like offense, way more isolation game, one-on-one, -on -one, which I personally don't like, but um, I also think, I think the game's got a little softer just from the standpoint of the rules. So that's not necessarily things the players can control, um, but I do think it's a softer game. And, and I think it's uh, like Luca last year when he was talking about compared to international play, he also says it's way easier to score in the NBA based off of the rules. So again, I think it's softened quite a bit. But those three, in my opinion, um, and I even think little things like this, like just the ability back to the three-point comment, like the ability for everybody to, that has like all, there's no true, there's not many true posts or true centers anymore that just back to the basket, like Shaq or Patrick Ewing or David Robinson. All these guys now can step out. They can attack off the dribble. They can shoot the three. Like shooting is probably the number one that has changed. So that's a lot. But that's those are the kind of the main things that come to mind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, do you think these changes are for better or for worse? Oh, I'd say mix. I mean, I think in the enjoyment of <laughs> like the quality of shooters in the NBA is ridiculously good, right? Like. If you think about Damian Lillard and shooting 45 point or 45 foot three point shots and just draining it in people's faces, so I think from the entertainment standpoint, that's good. I think from again back to scoring, like the ability to score from an entertainment standpoint, I think that's good. But again, the quality of basketball is it really? Again, I think it's softened a little bit, and I, I'd like to see it become back to more of the physical game that it was. You know, so. Who do you think has influenced the NBA the most? Over over what time period? Just like the Just, past 30 years. So past 30 years, well, for sure, Michael Jordan. I mean, I think he changed the game internationally, right? Like, I think the world, especially in the 92 Olympics from the Dream Team, I think that was a big catalyst. Um, but he, I mean, he was my childhood hero, right? Like I worshiped Michael Jordan. Um, so huge, I think he's totally changed the game. And then I think you have these guys like Kobe, like LeBron, like Steph, that have 
come in and um, again, Steph totally changed the game in terms of shooting. I mean, one hundred percent. LeBron has had a huge impact. Kobe's had a huge, and I think Kobe's even had a greater impact after his death. I think people truly have appreciated him. Um, those are the guys that really come to mind. Yeah. Uh, you kind of just talked about this, but what do you think the most influential era of basketball is? Oh, that's a great question. Um, era. Gosh, I mean, I do think the 80s, 90s, like the, the Magic Bird transition to Jordan, and like, I mean, it just catapulted the game. And then I think I think there was a little lull after Jordan, and then it took a little while for like Shaq and the Lakers to really dominate, and then um, you know then LeBron kind of was on the scene. But yeah, I mean I think the the eighties to nineties basketball just propelled and just like what superstardom was with those guys. I mean I think it just because it went from like I said Magic to Bird to Jordan, and then Jordan through the nineties and the Bulls. I mean it's just. I, I, it created that superstardom, you know, what we see now with the Kobe and LeBron and Steph. I mean, just what it is today. So, uh, but I, yeah, I'd say that 80s to 90s was pretty influential. 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 Sorry, I can't talk. Okay. Uh, thank you, Coach Anderson yeah. and Mr. Anderson for all your insights on basketball. Thank you. Guys. I appreciate it. Enjoy that. Okay, to start off, what has changed about basketball in the past 30 years? Um, in the past 30 years, I think the main change of basketball has just been like the amount and quantity of three-point shooting and the analytics of, of you know, shooting more three-pointers than normal. I think with that, also a lot of it has changed where like... I think back in like 20 years ago or so, a lot of it used to be like whoever had the best big guy, whoever had the best center, um, those teams were winning most of the championships. And now it's a lot of like, you know, who has the the best shooters or who is, you know, most well-rounded, you know, where like a guy like LeBron can play point guard as well as power forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Do you think these changes were for better or for worse? Um... I mean, I think they're for better. I, I think it's a more entertaining game, the more spread out it is. Um, there is a lot of, like, I think another thing that's really changed that has been, I guess, could be, it could be both ways, but I think it's for better in that, like, there are a lot of, like, specialists, you know, where, like, so for some of these basketball players, they might not be the best all-around player, but they're, like, really good shooters, and so they can, like, make their living, you know, or they're really good defender, you know, so they can make their living. Um, so I think a lot of the changes in that has been beneficial, and I think it's made, like, the game much more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think has influenced bas- basketball the most? The most? Yeah. Um... I mean, I'm a little biased for going from San Francisco. Sorry about that. Um, I'm a little biased. I think, like, LeBron is the best player. Um, but I think Curry has probably influenced players uh, more. I think there's a lot more kids who gravitated towards Curry. And I think that uh, in the last 10 years, you know, where it was... 
Steph Curry jersey on almost every single little kid where kids can see kids can't see themselves as LeBron. You know, they don't see themselves as like a six nine like beast, you know, but kids can kinda see themselves and like, oh I could do that, you know, what Curry's doing by shooting and, and, and dribbling and, and handling the ball like that. Mm-hmm. Uh what do you think the most influential era of basketball was? Um, I mean I think the most important and most influential, well, I don't know if it's influential, but the most important part of basketball was like that bird and magic. You know, I think the NBA was going down kind of a really like weird way, you know, and like, you know, I was dealing with like a lot of issues. And I think bird and magic were like this perfect combination of like, you know, Michigan and Indiana and like white guy and black guy and like Boston and LA. Um, and I think that sparked everybody's interest and really got everybody going. And then all of a sudden, then Jordan was on the scene, you know. And so I think that, I think that was probably the most influential period of basketball, of getting basketball where it is right now. Okay, cool. Thank you, Coach Schroeder, for giving us your opinions on basketball and where it is now. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast about the evolution of basketball. We hope you enjoy it, and we will see you next time on the B.A. Podcast. This is Ian. And this is Drew. And you are listening to the Roads to Glory podcast, where we talk about interesting athlete histories and how they got to where they are now. Whether that be in the Hall of Fame, having tragic backstories, achieving their dreams, or fans just loving them in general. Sponsoring our show today is the Parish Episcopal Paul Store. Go get your snacks, drinks, and Parish swag at the Paul Store. We have a great show for you today. We're going to cover the past of one of the most intimidating basketball players of all time, Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace is known for being the first person in the Hall of Fame to be undrafted. He is intimidating, mean, a lockdown defender, and no one looks forward to playing him. He was a great player and teammate and was an absolute beast for all the years that he played in the NBA. Let's get started with his early life and early basketball beginnings. He came from an extremely small town in Whitehall, Alabama, where the population was only a mere 700 people. There he lived with his family who got him into basketball, but not how you would think. At first, Ben wasn't into basketball, but he saw his brothers bring home some jerseys and he wanted one, so he started playing. At first, his brother viewed him as a pure rebound chaser and just a background player in general. But Ben improved and started to really learn the game and improve his skills drastically to where his brothers didn't even want to play him anymore. After dominating his brothers, he moved to high school and unfortunately fell short of D1 college and decided to go to JUCO or junior college where he dominated for two years, averaging 17 points and seven blocks. While he was in junior college, his coach described him as not a real exotic guy and someone who was extremely agile, although he was but 
built like a football player, and his teammates also said that he was one of the hardest workers they have ever seen. Sadly, he was unable to lead his junior college team to a national championship, but was named first team All-CIAA and D2 first team All-American. Ben Wallace was dominant in JUCO, but not dominant enough to be drafted, and went to play for the Washington Bullets for three years, then he got a shot at the NBA and was traded to the Magic. Moving into his play in the league and his recent induction in the Hall of Fame, for this segment, we have a first-hand witness of what Ben Wallace was really like on the court, Coach Ajami. What Coach Ajami had to say on Ben Wallace was, So, though I coached against Ben Wallace towards the end of his career, his reputation and body of work was something that we, will res- that we still respected and prepared for. Ben was one of those rare mixes of size, strength, athleticism, and intelligence. He was so dominant on the defensive end and knew how to position himself as shots went up to consistently give himself a chance to get rebounds. Ben wasn't as tall as many thought because of his hair, but his strength and athleticism allowed him to be dominant presence defensively. He was a really good shot blocker. We would try to game plan to pull him away from the basket to minimize his shot blocking. The problem teams ran into was that the athleticism allowed him to make up ground very quickly and still be very effective no matter how hard teams tried to pull him to the perimeter defensively. Wow, that's awesome. And a big thanks to Coach for that information. All in all, it sounds like Ben Wallace was very hard to plan for as he was so athletic. Teams tried to take him out of the paint as his defensive presence was so powerful. He was a great player, and like Coach Ajami said, we respect his presence in addition to his skill. Just hearing that makes me wish I could have seen someone with that type of athleticism playing today's league. I bet it would make a real difference. I don't know how one player could be so tall, athletic, and always a force when he comes onto the court. Yet, Ben Wallace was that guy. Yeah, I totally agree. It would have been an amazing experience to see that type of player dominate opposing offenses offenses with his type of build, play style, intelligence, and by far his intimidation. Ben Wallace definitely deserves all that he got, and people couldn't be happier that a player like him made it to the Hall of Fame. He was a great guy who multiple people respected and obviously an overall amazing basketball player on the court. Just watching him on past recordings shows how dominant he was. Although it's not a stat in basketball, he held players of the likes of Kevin Garnett to extremely low shooting percentages compared to their average percentages in any given season. Let's take the 2008 Eastern Conference Final Game 7, for example. He held Kevin Garnett, who was a Hall of Famer, to a .385 field goal percentage, whereas his average that season was well upwards of .500 field goal percentage. In addition to him being able to lock down superstars, he averaged 6 points, 10 rebounds, 1 steal, and 2 blocks, holding down on defense for his assorted teams. 
His career highs were also impressive, with him scoring 29 points in one game, grabbing an absurd amount of rebounds with 28, and blocking 10 shots, which is just absolutely insane. Now, we want to thank you for listening for our, to our show today. If you enjoyed the episode this week, then come by next week and the weeks to come. The show for your next week will be just as good as this one was. We are going to be talking about Tom Brady as we go in depth about his career and how he went from a nobody at the 199th pick in the draft to the GOAT. Thank you for listening, and signing off for now is Drew and Ian from the Roads to Glory podcast show. Hello, our names are Thomas and Aiden. We want to thank you for listening to our show today. You're listening to the Legends Podcast, where we talk about four inspirational players that were widely considered the best of their time. Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We have a great show for you today. We are going to be talking about these things. Things that the players accomplished in the NBA. Let's get started with our first topic, achievements on the court and how they accomplished them. We will, be, uh, we will be discussing individual feats these players achieved that no other players could. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the highest scoring player in the NBA with 38,387 points in his career. He has played 20 seasons with the NBA, which is significantly longer than the average player in the NBA. He is also seven feet and two inches tall, which is five inches taller than the average NBA player. He won six MVP awards in his time in the NBA and five championships. He also was among the most accurate players in the NBA and among the players with the most blocked shots as well. He made the Hall of Fame in 1995. Now let's discuss how he got to this level of greatness. He was born on April 16, 1947, under the name Ferdinand Louis Alcindor Jr. His dad graduated from Juilliard School of Music and virtuoso trombone. His family was by no means poor. He went to college at UCLA and got a degree in history. He developed a famous shot called the Skyhook because the NCAA did not allow the slam dunk. He changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the fall of 1971 and several years after converting to Islam. Let's switch to Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson scored 17,707 points during his career. He played for 13, he played 13 seasons with the Lakers. He was 6'9", which is two inches taller than the average NBA player. He got three MVP awards and he was selected for 12 All-Star games. He, he has won five championships, and now let's discuss how he got here. He entered the NBA when he was 20 years old. Magic Johnson was born on August 14, 1956, and 1959. He, 
He was born in Lansing, Michigan, by the name of <laughs> Aaron Johnson. Irvin Johnson. And he would wake up at 7.30 in the morning every morning to practice. He was given the nickname Magic because he, of his excellence in basketball. He went to Michigan State College, and although he never planned of being, being in the NBA, he became one of the best players in the NBA. He is a Christian and a strong one at that. In 1981, Magic had a son named Andre, Andre Johnson and another named Irvin III. Now, for my personal favorite, LeBron James. LeBron James is the third highest scoring player in the NBA of all time, with 35,367 points in his career so far. He has been playing for 15 seasons, which is longer than the average NBA player. He is six foot nine, which is two inches taller than the average NBA player. He's gotten four MVP awards so far and has won four championships. Now, about how he got to be as great as he is today. LeBron was born on December 30th, 1984 in Ohio. LeBron grew up as a fatherless child and was in poverty, although his mother bounced from job to job in order to support him. In fourth grade, he had a football coach that strongly impacted his life. When his mother couldn't pay the rent any longer and LeBron wasn't attending school, he lived with his coach for two years. He showed a lot of talent in basketball and his coach even taught him how to shoot with his left hand. While attending St. Mary's, LeBron won Player of the Year in 2003. He led his high school team to three state championships and uh, although getting many college offers, he decided to play basketball in the NBA instead. Now, time for my personal favorite, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the sixth highest scorer playing in the NBA with 32,292 points in his career. He played for 15 seasons, which is longer than the average player. He was 6'6", which is one inch shorter than the average NBA player. He has gotten five MVP rewards and has won six championships. Let's discuss how he got where he is today. Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn, New York on February 17, 1963. He had four siblings, Larry, James, Delois, and Rosalind. He could not make the varsity team when he was 15 and wished he was tall. With his dad's encouragement, in a lot of practice, he made the varsity team later on. He, he became arguably the, the best basketball player ever at the time, and then went on to the Major League Baseball. Who among these four do you think are best? Michael Jordan. All right, why is that? Because Michael Jordan is really good. He wins a lot of championships, mm-hmm. he gets a lot of points, and he also is better than these youngins like LeBron and other players. Okay. okay. What do you think for you, Henry? I also have to agree with him. I mean, Michael Jordan's obviously the GOAT. All these youngins, they just don't know what Michael Jordan is like about. What do you think makes a player great? Why? Scoring the ball and being a team player. Because when you score the ball, you win. And you also have to have good defense because if you have good defense, you win. And he also mm-hmm. knows how to teach his youngins. Mm-hmm. All right, like Michael Jordan, you got to be a good scorer. 
ball handler, defender. That's how he's a GOAT. You also got to have team working skills, leadership, know how to play basketball. Like Michael Jordan, the GOAT. Who do you think had the most success before entering the NBA? Um, I'm going to have to go with Michael Jordan. You know, he won a lot of, he won the championship with, I think, wasn't it North Carolina? Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was a pretty good player there and uh, succeeded quite a bit. Okay. I would have you, I would have to agree. Michael Jordan is was very good at college and he won a national championship. So he had the most success. Yes. Alright. We would like to thank y'all for the time for uh, having this interview with us. Alright. Thank man. you and have a good day. Go Bulls. We wanna thank you for listening to our show today. We have a great for- show for y'all next week that we really want y'all to tune into. We will be talking about how the biggest NFL stars got to where they are today.